You want to cook something up with K-SQL? Well, that's a terrible joke, but let's talk to Confluent Solution Engineer Pascal Von Trapot about his K-SQL recipe for routing data on today's episode of Streaming Audio, a podcast about Kafka, Confluent, and the cloud. Welcome back to Streaming Audio, everyone. I'm your host, Tim Berglund. I have with me today in the virtual studio, my coworker and friend, Mr. Pascal Vantrapot. Hello. What do you do here, Pascal? So at Confluent, I am a system engineer and I support clients uh, in the sales process, but also in their day-to-day when they have new use case. I'm helping them with the architecture standpoint of view and to make their life very easy when they adopt Kafka. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's uh, in the DevX team or the developer relations team here at Confluent. Um, we use that word easy in our mission as well. We want to make it, we say we want to make it easy and fun for developers, administrators, and architects to adopt Apache Kafka and the Confluent platform. So easy is key because I don't know. Mm-hmm. Streaming, streaming can be kind of hard, and so that's a that's a great mission. Anyway, so you, as a, a, a solution engineer or a system engineer or informally SE, uh, just as an SE internally, you work with use cases a lot, right? Because you're helping people who are not just trying to figure out how to use this thing, but they're trying to figure out how to buy it on the commercial side, and so there are always in your work specific businesses trying to solve specific problems. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, yeah, it's fair. It's fair. That's a, a lot of time I spend with some clients uh, talking about their use case and try try to see how they can use the best of Kafka and Confluent Kafka for their use case. So it's it's painless and, and very uh, cost efficient and proper architecture for them. Yeah, nice. Very cool. And that, by the way, I, one thing I love in talking to SEs is because there is a real sense of boots on the ground type problems. I mean, I, I get that in community interactions at meetups and conferences and things like that. But on my end, it's more people trying to get this stuff figured out. And, and you know, you go to a conference talk on something usually because you're exploring it and you're trying to think, you know, how do I fit this thing into my head? What's it good for? How could I use it in the future? And then maybe 18 months later, you get there's a project that comes across that you can and you do. And you guys as SEs, you're there at that point where they're like, no, this is, here's this thing I need to build for work because my boss said so. And I want to use Kafka or I want to use the Confluent platform to get it done. And so it's beyond the, I'm trying to figure it out. And it's the, I'm trying to build something. And I love it. That's why I always love talking to SEs. So thanks for being here with us today. Oh, you're super welcome. <laughs> and by us, I guess I, I guess I just mean you or me. It's it's really just you and me today. So anyway, we have this thing, and the reason uh, I invited you to the show today is we have this thing called the Stream Processing Cookbook at Confluent, and there it's on the web. If you Google KSQL recipes, that's a, a phrase that gets you there fairly efficiently. And we'll probably put a link to this Stream Processing Cookbook and to your particular recipe. We'll put those links in the show notes, but. The idea behind the the KSQL recipes or the so-called stream processing cookbook is little digestible procedures for doing specific things with KSQL. And at the time of this recording, all of these are KSQL oriented. At some point in the future, my guess is there will be other recipes in the cookbook that are for Kafka streams and connect and all kinds of other things you might do with the platform. But it's this collection of tasks that you want to 
perform. And some of them are really, I would say, very technically oriented. Like, you know, here's how you partition a stream with KSQL. And that's good. That's a good skill to know. But, um, and the, you know, those are kind of like the, in the cooking analogy, that's like knife technique or something like that, or, you know, how to tenderize a particular cut of meat. You know, you need to know those skills. But the actual recipes are trying to get you to cook something. And they're more oriented around outcomes that you're trying to create. So you have written uh, one of these has been published, and you've got some others that are in the pipeline at the time of this recording. But I just wanted to talk to you about your recipe today. So uh, tell us about it. So th this recipe is coming from a real life issue that I um, <clears throat> encountered in my work as an SE. Unsurprisingly, uh, I have a, a client that yeah, <laughs> uh, I have a client in they have multiple instances of. Salesforce, so that's their uh, CRM um, uh, platform. And every single LOB has their own CRM. And they don't really share information between them. But then looking for a way of assigning leads and referral from an LOB to another one uh, by specifying a specific user on the other Salesforce platform, right? And so they came to me and said, how can I do that? And I was looking at it, um, not only from a Kafka standpoint of view, but also how can you achieve that um, and being able to reuse the data at the same time, right? So the advantage of Kafka in general, it's uh, you uh, publish once and you consume multiple times, right? So right. because they wanted to do also analytic behind the scene and um, because they want to know how leads are moving from one to another. So there is a lot of like a business value of uh, keeping the data in, in one place, right? right? So that, by the I, way, that, that basic problem is you have two systems with two different user models. I mean, that's absolutely endemic, right? Everywhere and always a pain. I don't know how many hundreds of millions or billions of dollars have been spent on solving that problem over and over and over again, but it's a, it's a totally typical problem. So you got different user models and different systems and you're trying to help them solve it. Yeah. 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 So th that's, that's came on that way. So I said, okay, how can I leverage now the Kafka capabilities and what uh, Confluent open source uh, offer also at the same time as a Confluent platform. So I said, okay, let's try to see how we can do that. And I was looking at KSQL at that time and I said, why don't we use KSQL? It's a perfect example of how we can route data from one source. So from one topic to some other topic based on some information that uh, live inside a K table, right? So I built up this recipe and did a demo at the same time. So I really apply the recipe to my real life use case, right? Yes. So what's happening is, uh, so we have a users that are living in different line of business and that's user um, reside inside a K table, right? So that's allowing us to do some join in real time from the data that coming in from uh, uh, the source instance of Salesforce source instance, right? So, so that's going to be, um, you... let me just stop you there. That'll be yeah. Salesforce and there'll be a Kafka Connect connector that's pulling that mm -hmm. Salesforce data into a topic, the user data into yeah. a Kafka topic, and then you'll create a KSQL K table out of that user data. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, exactly. I'll yeah. just keep interrupting you. Uh, I won't let you get more than 90 seconds out at a time. But anyway, go on. Go on. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's perfectly fine. This, that's how this show works. <laughs> Ask anybody. Anyway, go on. You're, yeah. uh, this is, no, this is awesome. great, great so far. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So, so then the, the, there is the aspect of leads. So how are we going to get the leads? Same thing. So we use also the, um, the Salesforce, uh, sync connector, right? The source connector. Sorry. Um, so, but this time we are listening to, uh, uh objects, uh, leads inside Salesforce and every changes of an object leads are going in inside self, uh, inside Kafka using the source connector. So we had to customize a little bit Salesforce to just add a field of where and who, who the target user on the other Salesforce instances, right? So you can specify either an email or a user ID or whatsoever, right? Gotcha. So when the, you do that, the key, the key yeah. is that you're going to use. Yeah, yeah. That's the key. Yeah, exactly. So when you do that, you have the event coming in. It's a leads object. It's the entire event. And then we have the KSQL uh, functionality that's coming in, right? So when you look at it at uh, inside the recipe, for example, that's where we are starting creating the stream from the leads, where we're getting all the information in the lead as a stream of information inside KSQL. And this, by the way, if you're following from the link, this is step two that Pascal was just referring to. Yeah creating this, the leads stream from the source topic. Yeah. yeah. So then you have a source and then they, I have one for retail, for example, we can have like multiple source system because it's, it's going from multiple source to multiple uh, targets, right? So yeah, upstream yeah. system is multiple Salesforce and downstream system can be multiple Salesforce because you can exchange leads between different LOBs, right? Yeah, we have lines of business like retail and business banking in the recipe, and they're, they're two different uh, sources of leads. Those are, yeah, leads are going to be inputs to this recipe. So you have uh, uh, leads generally, and then retail leads, and then business leads, those, those separate categories. Yeah, yeah so... That, so step three, it's, it's that, and step four is that. So it's just to to show that we can like do so exchange between uh, different uh, Salesforce, right? And what's happening is when, like for example, the step four, when you look at it, there is um, so I create a stream and I do a join where I'm getting all the user. What's happening is a KSQL will receive events from different source stream and will route to the target system based on the user ID and the LOB. So you have one topic coming in in KSQL and then multiple destination topics. And based on the LOB, we will choose which topics will receive the event. It's just a way of filtering and doing a join between the table and a topic. The point being that the leads stream, there's a single topic to which the leads are being produced. It doesn't mm-hmm. know the line of business that the user is associated with. That's off in the user table. You do have a key, like you said, which is a username or an email or whatever, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're, you're lucky enough in this case to have a dang key. Uh, so that gives you the ability to kind of mm-hmm. join leads to users and extract that LOB from users. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. And the end result is you want to create these three lead streams on the back end, or two, I guess I said three, but yeah, you have one combined all leads and then we'll split out the retail leads into the, and the business leads being the separate lines of business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> that, that's, that's how it came to life. This idea of trying to do routing of events based on a reference table mostly. Right. We can call that like the user's table is a reference table. Yeah. And, and that, folks, actually is it 
that's the cool thing is that it doesn't take too long to talk about this. And in this particular recipe, it doesn't take that long to read either. It's a really, really simple thing. It's you've got this stream of leads coming in and you need to process different kinds of leads differently, but the leads don't know where they belong, but they're joinable to this lookup table. So it's a very classical enrich a stream and filter kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just articulated in terms of this particular business domain, which was the domain that you were working with where you got the inspiration for this recipe. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Cool. So how did this work out? Did you, I mean, you can't um, certainly on the air talk about stuff going on with customers. I, I realize that, but how, how far have you gotten as of right now with this thing that you're helping them build and how's it working? They, they, they are client oh, now. Yes. Excellent. Well done. Well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So like it happens really recently and, uh, like they are pretty, um, so they are client not for this use case yet because this use case some budget and stuff like that, but they are very interested about Casey call. Now it, it increased their curiosity and the, the, the really, I want to use Casey call because it's going to save us so much time compared to writing Java code. So it's, it's, it's always a comparison between like, there is this case sequels that can do like really powerful things compared to, I'm going to have to have like five developers writing Java code that might not end up with the same result and the same scalability and resiliency and like, because coding sometimes you get bugs and things it's... like that, while case sequel is tested for you. And so they see the value and that was like, that was really good for that. It's, it's, it was like a demo that we build that show how powerful is KSQL and how they can use it for other use cases. Yes, yes, a good simple win of an of a of a seemingly simple task, uh, and that helps people see. Oh, wait a second, I can actually do this. And then you know, once they've taken the hit to get a little bit of KSQL into their heads and. Uh, you know, productionalize it and all that stuff. Get get the server KSQL server stood up. Uh, it starts to open up the possibilities to other things you can do. I love what yeah. you said there. It, like you can do this in Java. Okay. You, you can, I mean, you can do it in Kafka streams and that would be actually fine if you're, if you're doing that kind of thing. Uh, that code is, is going to be a little less expressive and probably a little harder to change than the equivalent KSQL code. Mm -hmm. And like, if you don't, if you don't know KSQL, this is the first you've heard of it, and you go to this recipe page and you read this, you're not going to be all that confused, okay? You're going to see something that looks like a create table and something that looks like a join, and you're going to be happy. You know, if you look at Kafka Streams API code, which is a great API and a very powerful tool, it, it isn't quite as readable. There's a little bit of a learning curve, right? You have to get over it. And if you're going to go do this yourself with the consumer API, like, Please don't. I mean, it's it's deceptively simple. Enrich one stream with another, but the whole idea of taking the stream that you got out of Salesforce, you Kafka connected users out of Salesforce into a topic, and then you turned that topic into a lookup table, right? Well, I mean, if you kind of know what Kafka is and you can program your way out of a paper bag, you could probably imagine how you might do that. But it's one of those things where, like you said, Pascal, there's going to be bugs, and now now you're building all this framework. And KSQL is framework already built for you. And I mean, as everyone knows, just because it's a, a framework of someone else's doesn't mean it doesn't have bugs, but it's something that everybody is using for lots and lots of things. And it's going to have much higher quality and be much more feature complete. So it's just, it's not even a matter of paying for it. It's just, a, which you can use KSQL for free. It's not 
a thing you have to pay for. It's just a matter of that build versus adopt decision. We used to think of it as build versus buy, you know, but should I adopt the framework or should I write my own because it sounds fun and mine would be better? Well, you know, unless your job is to write frameworks, yours is probably not going to be better. So a lot of reason to use the thing that's there. Yeah. And in general, there is no point of reinventing the wheel. So when something is already done and already tested and already used by like a lot of users for different use cases, I think it's like in, in general, it's a better uh, bet to use what's existing already, right? Instead of like rewriting your own code. And I understand because I'm also a system uh, software engineer. I still write code today yeah, because it's difficult for me to just move away from it's that. It's fun. But like, it's, it's like one of the it's most like, fun things that you can do if, if, if you are one of these people who does it. So, you know, I get it. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. You see the end result and it's yours, uh -huh. right? It's not like, okay, I'm going to use an API or something that already exists. Okay. Oh, it worked. Great. They tested their work. Right? So I understand the satisfaction, but sometimes it's better to spend time in writing better algorithm for something else or better design than rewriting something that already yeah, exists. Yeah, there's still all that work to do. I mean, you're, you're still going to have to create things mm -hmm. and write code. Uh, you just get to operate at a level of abstraction up from there, which is kind of yeah. what KSQL is all about. Yeah, right. no, and it's it's like I was before working for Confluent. I was a client of Confluent, <laughs> and I was looking at it like way before uh, joining Confluent, and it was like I loved it right away. That and I don't know if I if it's if it's the um, the, the proper format, but like it, it's something with KSQL that happens is when you understand how it works. It's like um, I don't know someone invented the the fire, right? So it's, it's all of a sudden it's like oh yeah. Now I can do things. Like now I can spend time adding business value instead of just writing code, right? Now your efficiency is higher. Like now you, you understand that the most complicated part for me in KSQL when I looked at it the first time is to realize that it's not on a database, but it's on a unit of work, right? So you receive the event and the SQL query is executed against that event and not against an entire database where you're doing select star and things like that. That was a difficult part for me to understand. But when you get that, and with this recipe, because it's simple enough, when I was presenting that, it was very interesting because people start to realize, it. yeah, that's how it works. Now I can start to understand how things, how I can apply what I saw to more complex problems, right? Right, right. And solve more valuable problems up the stack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. check out Pascal's recipe. We'll link to it in the show notes, check out the other stream processing recipes. And if you want to submit one, you can send an email to me at tim at confluent.io. So go take a look at the recipes. And if you've got something in mind that's not there, uh, you don't have to work for Confluent. You don't have to give us money ever. You just have to be a person who uses KSQL and has an idea for some kind of fun thing to do with it that's not there yet. Email me at tim at confluent.io. I will put you in touch with the people who make it get online. Uh, if it is uh, one that we want to publish, I would love to uh, have you follow in Pascal's footsteps and write a recipe yourself. Alors, notre invité aujourd'hui a été Pascal. Pascal, merci de faire partie du streaming audio. Or, as I normally say, somewhat more fluently, in English, uh, our guest today has been Pascal Vendrapot. Pascal, thanks for being a part of streaming audio. Yeah, thank you very much, Tim. It was a great experience for me. 
And there you have it. I hope that was helpful to you. If you've got questions, you can ask me at at TLBerglund on Twitter. That's T-L-B-E-R-G-L-U-N-D. Or you can leave a comment on any of our YouTube videos. Your question might be featured on the next episode of Streaming Audio. And feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel and this podcast wherever fine podcasts are sold. And if you subscribe through iTunes, be sure to leave us a review there. That helps other people discover the podcast and just generally helps us get the word out. We appreciate your support. See you next time.